What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Miltrick Media. I am here with Matthew Barouche, a New York City songwriter. He's also a part of the band Above the Sun. Matthew, how's it going? It's going great. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. That, yes, thank you for coming on the show. So when did you first get exposed to music? How old are you when you first realized you wanted to become a songwriter? Those are two very different and interesting questions. So first exposed to music, I mean since I was a baby, really. Um, it's a little bit of backstory, a little biography, I guess. So I'm an only child. Um, my parents are a little older, so they had me later in life. So my dad was 42, and my mom was 37. Uh, I'm 27, you know, only, so I'm still in my, you know, mid to late 20s. Um, so them being the age that they are, they grew up listening to music of the 60s and 70s primarily. And so that's what I listened to, because that's what they listened to. So when I was like very, very young, that's the stuff that I heard all the time and the stuff that I first fell in love with from a very, very young age. Um, I mean, I, I don't think it's possible to have a discussion about music or songwriting without bringing up the Beatles, who are, of course, my first and earliest influence. Um, and sort of they sparked the whole thing for me. Uh, and from there, it expanded into all stuff from that era. I mean, you name it, I like it from from that time period, you know. Um, I mean, I can name a few more. Like, I love, I like songwriters a lot in particular. So, of course, Lennon McCartney, Dylan, Simon, mm -hmm. Van Morrison, Stevie Wonder, uh, Joni Mitchell, Carole King, just like anyone and everyone from that. Pink Floyd, Zeppelin, The Stones, The Who, you know, all of that. Great artists. Yeah, all and that. Songwriters. Yeah, all that. So, I, yeah, I really like artists who are songwriters. Yeah. You know, like really like write their own stuff that really have something unique and interesting to say. Um, so, that's. I grew up listening to that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but then the second part of your question was, when did I start writing or decide that I wanted to write or, or whatever and it was? At what age did you yeah. realize you wanted to become a songwriter? That, yeah. So I can be actually pretty specific about that. I think I was 19 because uh, mm -hmm. when I was in college, um, I took a songwriting class. Uh, so it was my sophomore year of college. And I saw it on this, I was trying to choose classes. I saw it on the syllabus and I was like, oh, that's really cool. I was like, I can like take, I could get credit in college to take a class on songwriting. I was like, I listen to all these great songwriters. Like, let me try it. You know, let me give yeah, that a yeah. shot. Like, you know, because I'd been playing music since I was very young. Uh, I played saxophone when I was nine. Um, I sang when I was a lot younger. Not super well, but I did it. You know, I had the experience anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, I started fiddling around with the guitar when I was like 14 or 15 or something like that. Uh, and then I was like, all right, let me try writing. So I took this class and I very quickly realized like, oh, like I, I can do this. Like it, it came fairly easily yeah. uh, to me. I was, and I loved it. Like I really loved doing it. Like, That's awesome. Yeah, like the action of doing it. I was like, this is homework. You know, I was like every week we had to write a song. I was like, I can't believe this is my homework. It's like I have to go back to my dorm room and write a song with yeah. usually with a group of people, which was fun too. Like you know, to collaborate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was that class, but there's a specific instance in that class that was really interesting, and I I think about it all the time still. So the uh professor of that class is a poet named Paul Muldoon. Um, he's an Irish poet. Um, he's a Pulitzer Prize winner. He's a great guy, really, really brilliant, really interesting guy. Um, and he ran the class um, 
the first I took it three times actually. Uh, the third Why time, not, right? The third time I just showed up. I wasn't like officially enrolled in it. I just like went to it. Just I, to be yeah, a part of it. Yeah, I was like... just I just wanted to go. So um, the first time was Paul Muldoon and this other very talented singer songwriter named Wesley Stace um, from England, who was a big influence on me as well uh, when I was taking that class. But um, the second time I took the class, Wes had gone off to do something else, but it was just Paul the second time. And he would often bring in guests, like guests, like lecturers or like guest people to come in and sort of sit in on the songwriting class. Because the way it worked was it'd just be groups of people. Um, like you, you'd be, I don't know, 20 people in the class or something. You'd break it into mm-hmm. groups of like three or maybe sometimes four or whatever. And you'd write a song every week. And it would be, interestingly, the prompt was an emotion. So it would be like gratitude or despair or loneliness or whatever. So it was like that was a really great way to like spark something. It like, sounds like great exercise. Yeah, yeah, it's like what is that – what do those words bring out in you? Like what does that make you want to do? What does it make you think? How does it make you feel? What does it sound like? You know, it was a really interesting thing. And so he brought in – anyway, he brought in guests. Uh, and one time, unbelievably, he brought in Paul Simon uh, as a oh, guest. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, of, of, Simon, of course, of Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. And I – I mean, when I, you I, saw yeah. that they brought in Paul Simon, yeah. and, you, and it was a surprise to the students, it right? was a surprise. Yeah, did you feel that adrenaline as soon as it happened? Like, wow, this is happening. Yeah, it was. It was wild. It was one of the most significant days of my entire life. I remember it was the day. It was March third, two thousand fifteen. I still remember exactly what day it was. Um, and we got an email like a week before, like oh, basically, like oh, by the way, you know. Yeah, like he's gonna be here, and we were like, he oh. might drop it. He might just drop yeah, it. He literally, it was like most casual, just like nonchalant email, like about something like that, like ever. And he, he, um, it was just like I can't even explain that what it meant, you know, to be in the presence of someone like that. Especially, I mean, per, I'm talking very personally, like just how much his writing means to me, um, and how just unbelievably gifted he is and how smart he is and how wise he is and um anyway relating this back to your question is why did i sort of get into doing it myself well the class certainly but then this was like a catalyst experience because um the song that my group had been presented uh, presenting that um that week when he happened to be there he liked it you know he had good things to say about it that's awesome and so i was like well Paul Simon thinks I can do this. I might as well give it. Why not? Give it a shot, you know. Um, And so from there, I was like, "This is." And I like to say that I discovered I want to do it, not that I decided, because it was more. It felt like more of a discovery than a decision. Feels sound like it felt more organic. Yeah, which is great. It it felt like I was. It was like, oh, I found this. This is what I'm supposed to do. It wasn't so much like now I'm going to do this because X, Y, and Z. It really wasn't like a rational thing necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. You said that though, because. Similar to to my upbringing too, mm. like my parents were both, sounds like born around the same time as you, mm. um, and they grew up with a lot, they were born in the early 60s, so they, a lot of 60s, 70s artists, rock bands, and that was my first exposure to music, they grew up in the 70s, you know, mm. early 80s, yeah. so that was my first exposure to music. And they took me to a lot of concerts when I was younger in grade school in the 2000s. Let's talk about concerts. That, yeah, talk, yeah. Tell me about your concert experience first. Well, they first yeah. too, like why, some of my first mm-hmm. Artists that I grew up listening to was, of course, the Beatles, mm-hmm. the Stones, the Who, 
Bruce Springsteen. Oh, how um, can I forget Bruce? I love Bruce. Yeah, yeah, like all those 60s and 70s artists, yeah. like Led Zeppelin, of course, Pink Floyd. My parents grew up with them. You know, they mm. showed that to me first. And I fell in love with that style of music first because, yeah, like when you're growing up, when you're younger, mm. you only have what your parents listen to. Mm. And that influences you greatly. And then when I got older, I branched out too and found a lot of other artists and genres. Mm. But concerts, yeah, like my first one, I'm not 100% sure, but- Concerts I went to when I was younger, like I went to see the Who and the Stones in 2006. Oh, wow. I saw, That's awesome. I saw Bruce, I believe it was on the Rising Tour in 2002. I wish I saw, I've never seen, oh, technically that's not true. I've never seen a full Bruce Springsteen concert, but I'll, I'll tell a story later. But I was like four or five and I was just, I was exhausted. I was just a little kid. I remember I loved dancing in the dark back then. Like I was like, wake me up when he plays that because I fell asleep too. Like who, fall, like who falls asleep at a Bruce Springsteen concert? But I was like four or five. Still a great show from what I remember. But I also saw The Police. I saw, that was when I was younger. I saw Green Day in 09. And One in, of my favorite bands. Oh, yeah. So Green what Day. was your first concert? So, I don't know if I remember exactly. I think this wouldn't, it wouldn't be incorrect to say that it was probably Ringo. Oh, Ringo. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean. Well, Ringo and the All-Star Band? Yes, Ringo and the All-Star Band. He's been doing that since the late 80s. My parents saw them, I believe, in the early to mid-90s, yes. and they said it was great. Yeah, so I, I've seen him like 10 times with the All-Star Band. I, nice, I used to go nice. every year with my family. Um, so much fun. I mean, he's Ringo. You know, I yeah. mean, he gets the best people. You know, it's like, it's just so much fun. He's still going strong. He's, uh, he just turned, let's see, 81. He's 81 years old, and he's still, he's going to outlive all of us. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, he's... Um, yeah, right? He's seen it all. He's seen it all. He's just, he seems like such like a, a youthful... Vivacious. And he guy. seems very positive as well, which is yes. great. Peace and love is his whole thing. You know, very positive, which yeah. Is, which is cool. But yeah, so I would say Ringo and the All Star Band was my, or like Beatlemania or something when I was like yeah. three or whatever. What other concerts when you were younger growing up besides Ringo? Run us through the list. Oh my God. Oh, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of different things. I've seen, well, I don't know why this one jumped to mad, but the Allman Brothers Band. Oh, I've nice. seen the Allman Brothers a lot. I mean, is it the Allman Brothers? I mean, Dwayne Allman died when we were not even born. So, Whatever, but it's it was still Greg Allman on guitar would have been Derek Trucks and Warren Haynes. Derek Trucks is one of my favorite guitar players ever. I think the guy is a wizard. Um, and then I've seen them a bunch at the Beacon Theater. I've seen that's a beautiful venue. Yeah, yeah I the love Beacon. the Beacon Theater. Yeah. I've seen Bob Dylan a bunch of times. I saw him recently at the Beacon Theater. Um, I've seen Paul McCartney a bunch of times. I would love this. Yeah, it would be great to see, it would be great to see both. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you, actually. It's a good segue to get into this. The greatest concert experience I've ever had. So back in 2016, I graduated college in 2016. So for my college graduation, I was like, I don't want a party. I want to go to this music festival. So did you, have you heard about the Desert Trip Music Festival? Desert Trip? No, I don't believe I have. No. Okay. So it was a one-off thing. They only did it the one time. And it was October of 2016. Um and where was this festival? So it took place where Coachella takes place. Gotcha. But it wasn't Coachella. It was the special thing called Desert Trip, where for three, it was three nights. It was a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday. Two headliners each night, no opening acts. It was just two, like two and a half, three hour concerts um, each night. And you're ready for what the, the lineup was. I like, this is like ridiculous. Like, it's really insane. First night, first act was Bob Dylan. That's wild. And then the Rolling Stones. So that's and this a, was 2016. So yeah. this was in California. Yeah. Is it an annual festival? Or that was just a one-off. It was a one-off. That that particular event, they did it once. 
It was yeah. like I don't know I don't know why or how they were like we want it, but that was one. That's night one. It's Bob Dylan, the Rolling Stones. Leaving with a cliffhanger. Come night on, let's two. Neil Young. Oh wow. Paul McCartney, which is like it's ridiculous already. And then stacked lineup. And then stacked. night three is the Who, and Roger Waters of Pink Floyd. Wow. So when I saw that lineup was announced, like right before I graduated, I was like, I was like, I have to. Yeah, what a hell of a gift. Yeah, yeah amazing. I, like, I amazing. have to go. I went with my cousin, uh, Gary Boardman, who's in Above the Sun. Uh, my oh, nice, he's, nice. He's the drummer. Um, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So that was the best concert experience I've ever had, easily. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So that was that sounded like a memorable concert. Wow. So, well, you mentioned Above the Sun, which is a band you were in, but mm -hmm. before we move on to that, sure. when you're songwriting as a solo artist, mm -hmm. Do you, you focus on lyrics first or music first? Great. That's the eternal question, right? Um, yeah. It depends. I'm gonna, that's sort of like the boring answer, but it's the real answer is it depends. Um, I've done it. I've done it both ways. Um, I've had songs where the lyrics are fully, basically fully done, and then mm -hmm. I write the music. I would say most of the time it's music first or like, it's kind of hard to think about because it's different. Every every song is different too. Yeah. Like it's not like there's no formula for the way that it comes out. It kind of just each song has its own process. But mm -hmm. um, I would say generally music first. And like what happens is like also this is interesting as I never really usually never intend to write something. Mm -hmm. Meaning like I'm I'm not like like oh it's five o'clock you know like it's time to write. You know, yeah. like it doesn't, it's not really like that. You know, it's kind of just like I happen to be playing my guitar or like practicing something and I sort of start wandering or drifting or doing something else. And then all of a sudden I play something. I'm like, what was that? <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh. That's the best yeah. because it just flows out naturally. Yeah. You don't have to work for it. And that's it's, great. And it's just, a, well, you do eventually. But at first, I, I, that's a really interesting point. I'm really happy you said that actually because at first, I don't think you should, I don't think you have to work for it. I think it's the the spark, the initial spark, or you said uh, Bruce Springsteen dancing in the dark, right? Yeah. You can't start a fire without a spark, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's, I think that's a great analogy for a lot of things. That's my favorite Springsteen song. I like a lot of that song. Oh, it's classic. Yeah. But um, I think it's a good analogy for a lot of things, but really good for songwriting. Yeah. Uh, because it's like, it starts with like whatever that thing is, you don't know where it comes from. It just, comes from wherever yeah you know, it's and like the who knows of it too yeah is a beautiful thing who knows and then once you have that little nugget be it a melody line or a chord progression or a mm -hmm. lyric or a lyric that has a melody or whatever that's when the work starts it's like all right how do i take this and craft it and hammer it into something that um people would might want to hear yeah you know and when you mentioned the songwriting class you were a part of mm -hmm. those exercises sound great how first off you're in a group's collaboration can mm. be so important. Mm. It helps a lot. Yeah. You get to get new perspectives. And mm. even when you mentioned that the instructor would say a certain word, like you said, despair or happiness, and that would be the nucleus for mm. the songwriting And that was session. it. That was the only thing we got. It that was, sounds really cool. And that sounds like, yeah, it's provoking. It's yeah. It helps you come up with something and you're with people. Mm -hmm. So this is something that now I just thought about once we started talking about songwriting. Mm -hmm. In 2022... Of course, it's been, you know, last couple of years has been tumultuous. Do you think that when it comes to songwriting, people, they like more serious lyrical subjects or more fun and carefree lyrical mm, subjects? That's a great question. 
Um, I think, again, I think the answer is it depends. Um, Do you like writing more carefree and fun subjects? Mm, I would say- Or I, more serious? Um, hmm. I don't know if I've ever really thought about it in those terms before. That's really interesting. Um, I would say, I think in general, I don't know if serious would be the word I would use, mm. but maybe more thoughtful or like, not that fun isn't thoughtful, but like yeah. more like maybe philosophical or like analytical or, yeah. or like not like uh, not like purely like, oh, I'm going to go out and have a good time and see my friends and like whatever, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like, it's not like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's plenty of great songs where that's the whole thing, you know, yeah. it's like that's, I mean, I, some of my favorite songs would just be like, even songs that don't mean anything, you know, it's yeah, like, it doesn't yeah. even have to mean anything at all. It's like, I'm not so concerned with that. But, yeah. uh, but I would say sometimes the melody just catches you and it's yeah, all that matters yeah. and the meaning is abstract or or the fact that it doesn't have a meaning is what makes it more alluring you know like I think about a song like uh, well I think most famously like come together you know the, the verses are complete gibberish nonsense purposefully he did that on purpose um, but it, I mean great song yeah great song you know yeah um, but anyway um, to go back what you asked me about the way I write I would say it leans towards more serious in the sense of like I'm trying to go a little deeper. Yeah, and that's cool. Yeah, yeah like then then just like um, it's it it's not. I don't really tell like linear story. I'm not like a linear storyteller songwriter. I mm -hmm. think that's a good way to answer the question. Yeah. Is like I'm not I'm not really like oh verse one you know I woke up and this happened and then verse two I went you know, out and then this happened. Yeah. And then verse three, like, here's the end of the story. Like, I don't really have like narrative necessarily like that. I have more like, I'll present an idea in verse one and mm -hmm. then I'll like play with it and then sort of flip it on its head in the third verse. But yeah. like, so, so there's like a narrative sort of of an idea, but it's not really like events or like observations, you know. I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah. And that's cool. Do, yeah. you, do you like writing more by yourself or do you love writing in a group? Yeah, so it, that's an interesting question and kind of hard to answer um, because it's I, I do both and I like to do both mm -hmm. um, because the so I, a little foreshadowing for what we're going to talk about a little later, but I think it's relevant to talk about now. Is, so I'm in a band um, above the sun, so I am the primary writer in the sense that I come up with like the very bare bones, like skeleton of the music and and the lyrics. So I'm like heavily the lyrics, like I, and that's like my thing purely mm -hmm. is the lyrics. Um, that's cool. And like the melody that goes with the lyrics and like the very basic sort of chord structure. So like basically like what you can do like with one person and one instrument, like that level, like writing. That's how I like to write. Yeah. That's um, cool. And I like to be able to make that compelling. Mm -hmm. You know, like I mean, I love getting the full production on it, but I think you have to, for me personally, it's just my view that a song has to stand up just like one person, one instrument, you know, yeah. when, no matter what the instrument is, you know, it doesn't matter. It could be guitar, piano, it could be just you playing a saxophone and that's it, you know, so yeah. if, it, if it holds up. But, um, but then the magic really happens when you bring it to other people and you're like, well, this is what I have. Like, what do you think about this? Like, what do you, where do you want this to go? Like, what should this sound like? And That's one of the best yeah, things of yeah. being in a band where you show yeah. that idea to other people and mm -hmm. you can bounce off yeah. each other's ideas. Mm -hmm. And 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes a song could, sometimes an amazing song could get done so quick, and mm-hmm. sometimes it can morph into something else once you show it to a group or yeah. those mm-hmm. new fresh ideas yeah. are put in the mix. Yeah. So, uh, for example, so there's a song on our first album called "You Have It All." This is on Above the Sun's Excitation was the that's, first. That's rap. right. Yeah, our, our our first album. Um, we're working on the second currently, but uh, the first, the one that's released, Excitation. Yeah. So the song "You Have It All." It was written um, as they all initially were, basically me on my acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. And it ended up sort of sounding like this like mix of this like kind of like mellow stones sort of thing, but with like killers mixed together. Like this, oh, like, nice. That's this, like, cool this like weird combination. But because like the way the guitars were, it kind of sounds like a killer song, but then like, there's some backing vocals and stuff going on in the chorus that makes it sound kind of like the Stones and like it, it and but like the point being of me telling this story is that like I had absolutely no conception of like it would sound like that or that I yeah. wanted to sound or whatever but that's the magic of bringing it to the group because all those things came together when everyone else put their instruments on it and put their ideas in it and that's that's the that's the best part that is the best part so yeah. you as a solo artist too you recently come off playing shows in 2021 at places like O'Henry's Public House. Mm-hmm. You've played at the Bitter End as a solo act. Yes, I did. Um, and you've also played at Kitty Kiernan's in Bay Ridge, I right? have, and Arlene's Grocery in Manhattan as well. Nice, so let's talk about mm-hmm. your shows as a solo artist. So how yeah. do you prepare for mm-hmm. these solo shows? Mm-hmm. Walk us through your day of routine. Day of, okay, so the day of, well, hopefully by the day of, I already know the set list. You, hopefully I know it. Usually I pick it in advance and I sort of work on it. Sometimes it's subject to change. Um, yeah. Occasionally on stage I'll change it too, but nice, nice. Um, but I try not to. I try to, you know, bend everyone else to my will as opposed have to the other way Have you ever just around. like? Have you ever just said, "I right, screw it. I'm gonna fully improvise this performance." Have you just thought, "All right, I have these seven songs. I'm gonna figure out the first one I play when I step on stage." Have you ever done that? I I I do that at open mics all the time. Nice. Actually, pretty much exclusively. I don't plan out open mic appearances. Because I think what's the it's an open mic, you know, you're going to experiment, you're going to have a good time. It's like it doesn't need to be so rigid and so formal, at least for me. I mean, so I I no, yeah, I, cool. I, I, sort of, I totally see the appeal in doing that if that's what you want to do. Yeah. You know, but I like at an open mic, like I'm let me feel it out. You yeah. see what it feels you like. You can work out new songs and like yeah. you test them out that's and you the still best thing. you're still getting that that exercise yeah, of the that's, performance. That's, I love that you call it exercise because it really is like going to the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, open mics I really find to be the best type of practice. Yeah. Um, but bring it back to your question, the day of the show, really the most important thing is I try to be as relaxed as possible, physically especially, because so much of um, being, I think, a successful, having a successful performance is based on, are you relaxed? You know, do you feel comfortable? It's like, are you are you not bothered by what's going on around you? It's like, are you just... Is your body loose? You know, are you, did you sleep well? You know, did you, yeah. you know, it's like, because it's it's physically taxing to perform, you know, to sing and to play guitar. People don't really understand that, I think, who don't do it, like how tiring it can be. Yeah. You know, the, you know when you're talking about seeing Bruce Springsteen, that guy plays for four hours. It's amazing, the stamina. You know, it's like, even, it does, it affects your voice it, too. It's like shocking. The warm-ups how, and everything, like, yeah, it is like, it is the physical yeah. aspect of it. You build mm-hmm. up to it, yeah. yeah. So I would say that's my most important thing is like, am I relaxed? Let's talk yeah. about the Arlene's Grocery performance. Yeah. That's an iconic venue. Yeah, that was was that was the most recent performance you did as a solo actor, right? Arlene's Grocery. Um, 
Was it the bitter end? I think it was. I think most recent solo was. <laughs> I feel like someone's going to be watching this and they know better than I do, and they're going to be like, "No, that's not it." But I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it was. Good. I'm it's pretty sure it was the bitter end. So walk us through um, the bitter end performance. What songs yes. did you play, mm. and how did just feel to be on stage again? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I'm glad you asked me that about what I played specifically about that show because I purposefully for that show played all of the new album songs. So the ones that aren't released yet, but yeah. will be that we're recording as a group that are going to be coming out. And I was like, I want to play them all as I wrote them. Just like, let me run through. Here's all the new stuff. So you gave yeah. them the first taste of the new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. How many songs did you play? Can you give us some sneak peeks or the song titles? Run us through that performance. Oh boy, let's do it. Do I dare? Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. You yeah. know, you don't have to. No, have I will. It. I will. It's it's fun. I'll do it. So, um, it's ten songs. So the album is ten. It's gonna be ten songs. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think I can remember the order I played them in at this point. But um, I can give you the album order. I can tell you the order of the songs. You're sure. Yeah. Up. Whatever you want. All right. So this is, I think, the first ever publication of uh, what the titles of the songs will be on the second album. That's exciting. Um, so. Actually, one of them has been released. So that you might have seen our song Cosmic Radio. Yeah, and that yeah. came out fall of 2020. Yes. The cover art's sick. That's I, really... I love that that cover art done yeah. by um, Brittany Veloci. Nice, so, nice, yeah. nice. Um, and yeah, so that song was released in, as a single in October 2020. That's going to be, I think, the first song. The lead single for this new yes. record. And it'll be the, the first song on the, on the album. Because even though we're in the digital age, we're like, what is an album really like in terms of like, side a and side b like that doesn't exist anymore but we when we order the the songs we like to think about it still like it is like a physical thing right because mm -hmm. it, it gives it like a flow you yeah. know it gives you take you take people on like on a ride anyway so the first song is called cosmic radio uh the second song is called something stranger which is going to be the title of the album something stranger yeah you heard it here first yeah. on miltrick media yeah. um something stranger that's cool though that's yeah. cool third song is called lonely boy Fourth song is called Athena Sunset. Nice. Only Natural. Strawberry Moon. Uh, Hotel Dream Girl. That's a funny title. Um, Mahija. Angelica's Wings. And For All Time After. Awesome. Other names of the songs, yeah. So this new album that's going to be coming out, mm. when did you first start writing these songs? Mm. So Cosmic Radio would have been the first one, I think, or Something Strange. One of those two was first. Something Strange or Cosmic Radio. So that would have been... So Excitation came out in April 2019. And I think I wrote Cosmic Radio like right around when that came out. So like basically right after the album came out, that song... That's, yeah. We should talk about that song at, a, at, a, at another point, like more in depth. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll get into that a little later. But if you know, if we have time, if you for want. Sure, but, no, um, for sure. That's an interesting story. But um, probably around April 2019. Uh, and when then, you start, when, okay. Yeah, and then like over the course of like a year and a half, I wrote the rest of them. Nice, And nice. then sort of we've been collectively putting them together. Yeah. Obviously COVID happened in the middle of that. Um, in that, in yeah, the middle of like when you were writing. Writing and trying to record again. So that kind of stretched the process out and delayed, delayed some yeah. stuff. But honestly, it wasn't all bad because uh, it allowed some refocusing, some taking some steps back to, you know, prioritize some other stuff that might have personally and sort of musically. Yeah. So it was, it was, it wasn't, 
wasn't the worst thing the the time really. No, that's cool. Yeah. So let's go over the first above the sun record. Excitation yeah. uh -huh. came out in April 2019. Mm -hmm. Recording that record and producing that record. Mm -hmm. Walk us through that process. What was it like just going to the studio with the band, getting ready? It was probably just what well, very exciting time, right? Yeah. Where did you record that record? Great. Great questions. Let me go. I'm going to give you the whole the whole rundown. So first, who is above the sun, right? Let me Who is above the sun? Who, who are, Let us who are know. we? Okay, so I'm Matt. I'm the uh, singer, songwriter, and rhythm guitarist. Um, we have Sean Gold on guitar, uh, lead guitar. Um, he He's also in another Staten Island band called Our Own Yokos. Shout out to them. Um, also, Brian Buchanan and Cole Rice are the other members of that band. Um, but Sean Gold is also in Above the Sun. Um, Omar Chowdhury bass player and producer extraordinaire so we recorded it uh in his home studio which is called Shinebox Studio that's awesome um yeah so we we've done that and the second one is also being being done there so both in Omar's home studio yes. which is called Shinebox Studio Shinebox Studio yeah he's on Instagram you can find him at Shinebox Studio yeah be sure yeah. make sure you check out the home studio i mean the local studio yeah. no but that's it's so mm. awesome now especially in this age where so many musicians, bands, and artists, mm. you can make great sounding records yeah. in your home studio. Yeah, the amazing. game the game has changed so much with production. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Gary Boardman, my cousin on drums. Nice. Uh, and cool. then there's like the sort of, there's a, a crew around us, right? So AJ Paris Gondola is um, one of our wizard engineers he, mm -hmm. he, and like co-producer on stuff. Yeah. Uh, Mark Rucci, um, also helps engineer and has done some mastering work for us. Um, Omar's friend Billy. Oh my God, I'm gonna butcher his last name. Matt. It starts with an M. It's uh, God Manu Manudakis. I think it is Billy Manudakis. Master to the first album. Nice, nice. Um, and then we had, uh, of course, our good friend Lane Thompson over at Castellano's House of Music, who's a sort of a friend and mentor to us, who had some like sneak, like secret appearances, just playing some guitar on the album. Nice, that's but, cool. But anyway, so that's like- It sounded like a great group effort. Yeah, yeah. and then there's like other people who, who play, let's see if I remember all the, Maddie Parenti played some percussion, this guy named Eric Lipper played keyboards, and Amanda Rose played uh, saxophone. Nice. So on, this is all the first record. Yeah, um, excitation. Yes, and I think that's, I think that's everybody. So yeah. the record came out in April of 2019. Yes. When did you start recording Excitation? Sometime in 2018. 2018. Yeah. Um, so the first song on the album called Lost and Found, uh, End of the World, in parentheses, that was the first single that came out. That came out in 2018. Gotcha. So we recorded that pretty much before like most of the other stuff was recorded and before a lot of it had even been written. Nice, um, nice. Not a lot, not all of it, but some of it. Yeah. Um, and so we yeah, recorded through 2018 into 2019, uh, and then it was released April 2019, and that was such a fun time. I, I I haven't really thought about it in a long time, but I'm just like thinking about it right now. I could see it. I mean, I still go to that studio a lot because yeah. we're recording now. It sounds like a fun time. But but like just like seeing it in my head, I'm just like, yeah, like what a, it's such a fun place to be in. Like I really have like such vivid emotional memories yeah. uh, about about the whole process and how like fun it was especially being the first like sort of full length group effort yeah like that i've ever been been a part of uh, how long did the recording of mm -hmm. the album take place how long did that take? how many months 
or weeks for you guys in the studio at Shinebox? I think the entire process from like recording through like mastering being done was like 11 months. Gotcha. Um, which is, I think, quite good for like a first, a new band sort of first record made, yeah, it, yeah. made in like a home studio. I think it was, it was, it was a great time. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's fun to make. Yeah. And you're mm. happy with the final product. There is no timeline. No, right. This one's been longer than that, but the process has really been fine-tuned. Which and, is great, and, yeah, because now yeah, second time yeah, around. Yeah. All that matters is if you're proud with the final product. Yeah. That's all that matters. And I'm very proud of the first the first album. And I'm, I know I'm going to be very proud of, of the second yeah, one, yeah. too. I, I already know. I just love the material. I think it, I think it's personally it's a step up in a, in a lot of ways, pretty much every way. Yeah. Um, but... Um, like I said about this one's taking a little longer, but that was also COVID. I mean, you know, that totally screwed up a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but also the ability, when I said before we had some time to step back, the ability to fine tune the process, the way we're approaching the recording is a little different now, a little more deliberate, a little more, maybe even more planned out than it was. Because now you have that yeah. experience under your belt. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was the big thing. And also, I mean, I have to credit, um, Omar, and Sean too, because um, they have a lot of experience with like performing and recording, and they were like really instrumental in taking my raw material, um, which I think is quite good. I love. I'm really proud of what I produce, like the the raw songs. But they they take it and they really they really elevate it and they really like make it like really shiny and nice. Yeah, um, that's yeah. awesome. So I have to credit them for that and, no, their, that's ex awesome. and their experience. Yeah. So yeah. Talking about excitation and recorded Shinebox, mm. talking about the new record. Mm. When so reading Above the Sun's biography, mm. after reading the biography, Above the Sun, you make rock and roll inspired by 1960s and 1970s music with some 1990s alternative and pop punk influences, wow. right? Wow, that this is this is awesome. Wow, you really did your homework. That's so cool. What inspired the band to mm -hmm. make that kind of music? Um well, I think the honest answer is because that's what I was writing. <laughs> you I know, you. it's like that's sort of like what that's the type of stuff that I because it's my influences. It's sort of obviously your influence, your influences come out in in what you write. Um, but we all like. So, oh, I love. We could talk about that for a bit, actually. Like our tastes in music, which I think is interesting. Yeah, sure. We have a lot of common ground, like a lot. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that we all love. That's great when the influence, yeah. like, that's so fun. Like when the, when the mm. influences gel. Yeah, but what's great also is there's a lot, like the Venn diagram, sorry, the uh, the, the Venn diagram, like there's a lot of overlap, but then there's a lot that's not overlap too. So we yeah. intro we're always introducing each other to like other stuff, like, yeah, like yeah. different stuff. So um what was the what was the original question? What, <laughs> Went off in a tangent, all good. Sorry. What made yeah. Above the Sun want to make that kind of music? Oh yeah, well, like I said, basically because that's what I was. Yeah, that's what. That's I, what you like yeah. grew up. Mm -hmm. Some that style of music, yeah. some of the stuff you fell in right, love with right. growing so, up. So being the principal songwriter, I sort of the raw material comes out that way, and then because we sort of have similar tastes and similar influences, it kind of ends up meshing in a really nice way. Yeah. I have to say, um, I think. Ultimately, we're so aligned in like what, like our philosophy of sound, I think is really so aligned that I don't think I've ever once like presented a song like and 
by the time it got to like you know being recorded I, I don't think I've ever been like oh I wish it was not you know I mean obviously along the way there's conversations and like oh I don't know if we should do it like that I, I don't agree with that but I'm saying like at the end of the day like we always reach something always like there's always like and we're all happy with it at the end of the day like which is really a nice feeling that's 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 great yeah, yeah. would you say being in a band mm -hmm. sometimes is like being in a marriage uh i don't know what it's like to be in a marriage necessarily no, yeah, but yeah. um i would probably yeah, yeah i would say yeah i mean you hear that a lot you know yeah, that's like yeah. a common thing but i would say yeah because it's um or maybe more like that was the first question that popped in my head yeah. i i don't know what it's like either yeah but i just thought of it so why not well maybe like maybe <laughs> it well, was random maybe like siblings True. That's a be but, probably better analogy. Like siblings about, or cousins, but right? I, I don't know about that either. I'm an only child, so I can't even speak to that. But yeah, I would yeah. say, I would say maybe it's more like siblings. Yeah. Um. But I don't really know either way. But I would say that's probably pretty. Apt. I got you. I got yeah. you. So yeah. Above the sun's influences mm. and mm. your influences. So would you say yeah. when with your solo music, mm -hmm. is it similar? influences the 60s and 70s rock and roll mm -hmm. as well as some 90s alternative influences is that how you would describe matthew barouche's solo music as well i would say absolutely um yeah for sure you know what's so funny is um just recently i went to um the hop shops opened um the table open mic um run by by donnie teach out who you just featured yeah yeah shout recently. out donnie shout, shout out, out donnie table. um and uh, i was there and i played um I think three of my original songs from the new album. And this is on the second record. The that... stuff coming on the second album. Yeah. And um, at the end, Donnie was like, oh, you know, cool to hear from Matt, whatever. He was like, you know, influences clearly must be. And then he said, uh, Paul Simon, the Beatles and Oasis. And he just rattled them off. He had no, like. No prior there's knowledge? No, yeah, I mean, not no But prior... did he hit the head on it with the yeah, trifecta? What, yeah, like he, like he basically nailed it. I was with actually Antonio Mancia was with me at the time. Uh, shout out Antonio, who was just on the yeah, show yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, shout out, shout out. Great local songwriter. One of my very, very good friends. I love his stuff. Um, but yeah, it was just so funny that like he just rattled those names off. And I was like, you nailed it, man. And like, and he didn't really, it's not like he like. You know, it's not like I'm like super famous or like he like had this like wealth of knowledge to like draw on. He just heard it, you know, he heard it right in front of him. So I guess it it, it came out. That's so, cool though. That yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to talk about because the empty words music video for Above the Sun. Yes. So yes. that was a crazy music video. So Thank you. let's talk about what inspired that music video. This is this is a great opportunity now to shout out uh Incline Productions, because they're an amazingly I, amazingly talented um, sort of like independent film production company. Shout out to to them. They, so we have three music videos. Uh, Empty Words was the most recent. Um, and the ideas for those videos are all them. Like it's all Incline. They were the production yes. team that helped so with the three videos? All of it. They do the whole thing. They they write the script. They They like come up with the concept. They like, they like get they do it they actually shoot it and edit it and like everything like they just like do the whole thing yeah and basically basically what it is is like they come up with the idea they send it over they're like what do you think and i'm always like i love it oh so yeah. they're they're yeah. crafting and then sending over treatments yes exactly so so the way it works is we kind of decide you know we're we're overdue to have a new video we should we should do one soon um we're, we're gonna have to get hell into, yeah why not we're right? gonna have to get into that 
Um, well, new album coming out, we'll plenty, plenty of opportunity to do that. Oh, yeah. But um, the way it works is we're like, all right, we want to do a video. Let's talk to Incline, you know, and tell them, like, you know, these are the so this is the song we're thinking. Like, um, you know, what do, what do you, how do you think this, what conceptually, like, what do you, how could you bring this to life? Yeah. Like, on screen. Getting them to brainstorm and yeah. asking yeah. their ideas. I give it, we give it all to them. It's like we just leave it to them. Like that's cool. Yeah, it's like you you figure it out. Yeah, and then and then very quickly somehow because they're brilliant. They they're like here. What do you think about this? And it's like that's brilliant. We mm -hmm. love it. You know. Uh, so that's really that's how it happens. You know, yeah. just trusting in talented people, just letting them do it. Especially yeah. as independent artists. Yeah, you're wearing numerous hats at once. So mm -hmm. you talked about how with above the sun's music videos, mm -hmm. you outsource and work with incline and outside production house. Yeah. And Empty Words, for example, that video got a lot of views, like over half a million views yeah. on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So when you're an independent artist, mm -hmm. how did you guys market that video? What did you do to get more eyes on the video? Did you just do organic posts? Did you do paid advertising mm -hmm. on Facebook and IG? Let us know how mm -hmm. the band marketed that video. Yeah, so it, a lot of that was paid advertising um, on YouTube. Nice. A nice. lot of, and a little bit on Instagram. So what? Yeah. So it was it was video. So was it like short form video ads that was driving to the YouTube link? So I, on Instagram, it was like there'd be like a like a sixty second or maybe even less like clip of it or something that was sort of be boosted like onto people's timelines or into Discover or, or Explore, whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. um, and then on YouTube, you can basically. There's a couple of options on YouTube. I think what we did was you can have it be like a pre-roll ad. But you know how you go on YouTube, you have ads before videos? Yeah. But like you could make it so like your music video is just an ad, you know? And like it just pops up. Like, oh, you yeah. mean how sometimes yeah. you have the short form video ads? Yes. Or if they don't click skip ad, it's like a two or three minute It'll ad. play the whole video if they don't click so skip, So that's right? one of the things you I, did. I think that's, that's, that's the main one from what I recall. Mm -hmm. um, and it's... Really, it was very successful um, and really interesting. And this goes back to the first video, our Lost and Found uh, music video. Mm -hmm. um, that got a lot of views too because, and we did the same thing. It was that targeted uh, YouTube advertising. Targeted YouTube. W what ads. we did because of the style of music we we play, which is, I think you can comfortably say it's like rock music. It's not like you know. It's not like ACDC is rock music, but you know, I mean, I love ACDC. It's not like that, but it's it's rock inflected, certainly, um, yeah. and, and it's like pop rock sort of thing. Um, not like pop today, but like pop used to be. Sort no, of. for sure, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. it's rock yeah. encompassing. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a great way to put it. That's yeah. a really good way to put it. Yeah, um, I'd never thought of it that way. That's really good. Um, anyway, what we did was because of the style of music that it is um, that is very popular in South America and like Spanish and Portuguese speaking countries. Mm -hmm. So like from South America, like up through Central America into Mexico, we targeted there. Yeah. Um, and they just loved it. They like, yeah. they loved it. Like, That's cool. We have a lot of comments in Spanish and, and Portuguese because of Brazil, they speak Portuguese um, and because of just, People just really enthusiastic about it and once, like yeah. subscribing and following because they, they got hooked on once yeah, the advertising. And, and also, it, it is a lot less expensive compared to like advertising in like New York, 
you know, or California. You know, yeah. it's like it's way more money. I have but, read when it comes yeah. to the digital ads, depending on yeah. where you allocate your budget, yeah. some mm -hmm. ad sets cost higher depending yeah. on yeah. the audience you're trying to reach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it, it was a perfect storm because not only was it less expensive down there, they, I think it's the style of music is more popular there. So it was like a really cost-effective, like efficient way to get like more eyes on the video. And yeah. we got a lot of like real fans out of it. People who still listen, still follow, who like, you know, who who are looking forward to like new stuff coming out. Um, and there was organic stuff too. I mean, you know, we shared it to everyone we knew and just like put it all over social media. Yeah. And, you know, but yeah, that was, that was fun. I'm looking, I want to do another one. I'm looking forward to doing another one. No, that would be awesome. Yeah. So, and in early, late 2020, yeah. the Empty Words song you had on your socials, mm -hmm. it got put in a ballot process for yeah. Yeah. a possible Grammy nomination for best rock song. It was, it was two, yeah, it was two categories. It was best rock song and song of the year or record of the year. I think song of the year. I don't remember which one of those two, but. No, that's yeah, awesome. It's one of those two. So and, how did and best rock song? Yeah. yeah. So how did Empty Words yeah. talk about mm -hmm. that the chance to be on the ballot for the Grammy mm -hmm. nomination process? Yeah. How did Empty Words mm -hmm. get into the ballot to be possibly Grammy nominated? Yeah. So what happened was this is back in 2020, I guess, which is two years ago now, which is really wild. That's my blow. That blows. I mean, it's like one year. Oof. It's like one long. It's 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 one long year. Really. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't want to get into that. Um, we, at the time, we were working with this music, like, sort of promotion company called Big Noise. Uh, they're based in Rhode Island. And, like, part of their whole, like, thing, like, their whole, like, the, the I would say, like, their main focus, like, in their, like, working with them, like, their package that they do is, like, getting a song and, like, really spearheading, like, a thing behind, like, one song to get it up for um, nomination, like yeah. to get it on the ballot for nomination, which I want to be clear, the ballot for nomination, there's a lot of things on the ballot for nomination. Like when you think about the Grammys and like you watch and you see like the five or sometimes maybe it's 10 in like a category, that's like the finalist, like that's like at the end. But like, it's like a whole extensive like voting process where like each category might have hundreds or even in some cases over a thousand yeah. things. So we were like in that round. That still of. sounds amazing. Oh, it's, no, it's still very cool. And yeah, and the really point cool. and the point of the, of like that that company, Big Noise, like doing, doing it that way was like, even just being associated with the name or the, the phrase Grammy nomination is like, you know, it's cool, right? No, it's it awesome, gets people. Yeah. It gets people interested. Like, oh, Grammy! Even it, even like, like even like you said, like, even if it's a thousand people, it's like there's a lot of people in the world. A thousand's not More, that. Yeah. A thousand's not that many. You know, yeah. so it's and also like that. Like people who are voting members get to like potentially hear any it. new eyes yeah. on your music. Any new it's eyes and ears on your music. You it's never know. A good thing. Yeah. Maybe they'll become lifelong fans. Yeah, who knows, right? So that so that's the thought process behind that. Uh, of course, I mean, we didn't get to the full nomination but you know you don't expect to for various reasons i mean i don't really want to talk about the grammys too much but i think there's a there's a lot of um it's not necessarily uh it's all good though yeah, yeah it's, it's like, not necessarily the most meritocratous thing <laughs> if, if that's yeah even i don't worth, really you know? i don't know much about it but yeah the process though it sounds so exciting yeah. that's cool that you're working with an outside company mm -hmm. It's all different parts of yeah. the music business when you're in band or independent oh, artists. Sure. It is. It sounds 
no, it's I, exhilarating. No, no, for sure. Listen, awesome. regardless of what you think about the, the Grammys as or what I think about the Grammys as an entity, the experience was was great. It's it's yeah. it's a really cool thing to say. It's a great thing to put on your resume. Yeah. Um and it's it's just something to be grateful for that like we created something yeah. that you know was even in the position to be there. You know? Yeah. That's that, awesome. That's, it's, that's really cool, you know? That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So we're into 2022. Yep. If you could describe what you want to accomplish this year with your music in mm. one word, what would that word be? One word. Oh my god! You know, I'm a writer. I should be able to do this in one word because you know, being concise is supposedly the sign of a great writer. As I ramble, you know, it's all good. No um, in one word. Worst comes to worst. Now yeah. make it a sentence. I'll try one word. Growth. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a great mm -hmm. mindset. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. What do you have planned for this year, both as a solo artist mm -hmm. and with Above the Sun? So with Above the Sun, of course, the second album, Something Stranger, which um, will be out this year. I'm not going to promise a date, but sometime this year, certainly. Um, and I really can't wait for that. Uh, I can't wait for I can't wait for everyone to hear it. I, it I'm, sounds exciting. I'm yeah. really proud of it. Um, I, I really love the work that we've done together on it. And I think it's just a step up in every dimension. So for Above the Sun, that, and then getting back to playing live more, because um, that's been so curtailed by this uh, experience that we're all sharing. Um, but playing more live would be a dream for me, because I love it. You know, I, did, I love to get up on stage and play. Um, I love to share. I love to give people a good time. You know, I love when people can relate to what I'm doing and what we're doing. Uh, and I think my my goals for myself would be pretty much, they're kind of like this. It's kind of like hard to separate them. Um, I personally am very excited for the album to come out. I I guess something that's a little tangential or not quite so exactly the same would be I just want to keep writing new and deeper, better stuff. You know, because mm -hmm. I don't think, I think writing is an interesting thing because it's, as a, let's say, let me put it in direct opposition to being like an athlete, is like you sort of have a time limit. Like once your body is past a certain point, you can't be that, you know, LeBron James isn't going to be LeBron James when he's 65. You know, he's still going to be better than most people, I'm sure, even at that age. But like, you know, there's there's like that natural arc, whereas I think writing is like an unlimited, because it's all in the mind, you know, or in the heart. And based on whatever you'd like yeah, it to be. And, yeah. and, right. And it's it's all based on experience. And the older you get, the more experience you have, the more wisdom you obtain. Yeah. You attain. So I I don't think there's like an end for for where you can how good you can get and how deep you can go. As long as you love writing. it, yeah, you never know right. where it may yeah. lead. And so that's what I want to do is keep going on that journey of like where where am I going? I don't know where I'm going. You know? Yeah. But I want to, I want to, I want to keep exploring and keep getting deeper, keep getting better, improve technically. That's a big one for me. Is I want to, I always am striving to be a better performer, a better singer, a better instrumentalist, um, just better technician. Everything you know, I always want to. That's why some in one word growth. Yeah, that's a great word. Certainly, yeah, certainly. Like I just want to keep growing. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. Us for us to the band to keep growing. Um, for myself. Um, yeah. Obviously. To play more live shows, yeah. yeah. Now mm -hmm. I miss. I'm happy to be being at live shows again. I'm excited to play some shows this year. Just mm -hmm. going out to more events, like yeah, I miss that so much. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm sure you agree. Like what you said, 
yeah, just playing. Yeah, that's one of the best things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you? Let's, what do you? Most. What do you want to do in twenty twenty two? What do you? What do you? I honestly, some that's a great way to sum it up. Growth. I just want to keep doing yeah. what I love. Mm. Doing this is fun. Making music, producing mm. music, meeting new people again, being out and about again. Yeah. That honestly. Yeah, I have to say you have such a great set up here i i'm like i've become such a big fan of like what you're doing here thank um, you i appreciate yeah. that so much yeah. thank you at least for coming on yeah, yeah well I'm shout sure. out hub for that you know yeah, shout out to hub 17 yeah um and i gotta say let's take a moment to talk about i think sort of what this podcast means and could mean in the sure. in the future right because so i think this is true correct me if i'm wrong you're focused on like staten island based artists is that right like is that like your primary like who you're trying to have on here yeah, like yeah. I love talking with New York City creatives and okay. Staten Island creatives and artists, mm. just having conversations, yeah. learning about their story yeah. and talking about anything with music, creativity, life. Mm. It's started as basically that, yeah, just wanting to talk with local artists, mm -hmm. musicians, yeah. comedians, and just having a conversation, learning about their story and yeah. giving them a platform. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I think you're doing great work with Thank that. You, I and I think it. it's really cool that you're highlighting Staten Island in particular. I know you talked about this with um, Donnie on the last thing. Because how he's like this like Staten Island impresario, you know, mm -hmm. and he does like all this stuff. And um, I think it's great, you know, that, you, that, we're, you. that we're highlighting that. Because Staten Island has a lot to offer. Agreed, you know? yeah. Um, and it's cool to be a part of something something like this. And I look forward to seeing where where this goes, like where your podcast goes, what, you, where, what you're doing goes. Thank you. No, I yeah. appreciate that. And I think yeah. it's really fun to have people on. I appreciate mm. you coming on. Yeah. And of course, I'm open to creatives from other boroughs as well. Uh -huh. But agreed. Yeah, Staten Island, it's mm. home. Yeah. There's so many great things to offer. Mm. And it's fun just sitting down and talking with people. Yeah. But what else can you tell us mm -hmm. before we wrap it up yeah. about what's next? Where can we find you? Things you want to promote about yeah. your music and Above the Sun's music, let us know. Sure. So Above the Sun is on uh, every major digital platform. You name it, we're on there. Um, just type in Above the Sun, you'll see us. Um, so on social media, our handle is Above the Sun Music. So that's Instagram, Facebook. Um, on Twitter, it's actually Above the Sun NYC because Above the Sun Music is too long to fit on Twitter. So we made it NYC. Um, but yeah, just. You know, I would love it if you give us a listen on Spotify, give us a follow, get those engagement algorithm numbers oh, yeah. up, you know, get that oh, yeah. going. Got to trigger um, the algorithm. Yeah, right. Follow us on Instagram. Um, we, we, that's where we put all our information about, like, shows that are coming up, um, new releases, stuff like that. So we have a show above the sun. Let us know. Yeah, man. so February 5th, it's a Saturday night, 10 o'clock, good time. Uh, we're playing Arlene's Grocery on... Uh, or at 95 Stanton Street in Manhattan. I'm really looking forward to that. And you guys recently played at Arlene's Grocery Above the Sun, December 4th, right? Yes, we did. Yeah, Yeah, I forgot to Th ask. And that, no, was our, glad. that was our first time on stage. So that was 20, end of 2021. The first, uh, that was our first time back since February 2020, right before everything wow, shut down. Wow, two years. How did it, how did it and feel? And it was at Arlene's. Oh, it was back on the yeah. right before. Yeah. Had that show feel be back on stage? It was wild. It was, uh, it was like, I was like, in some ways it was like no time had passed at all. Uh, but in other ways it was like, wow. Like it's, it's, it was like, it was a, it was like a dream to be back. You it's know? surreal, right? Yeah. And I. It doesn't even feel like that much time has passed. How that's like 
We're like 21 months later. I know. It's so wild. Yeah, it was. Um, it's, yeah, it's a, I, I thought about it in terms of months too. That's funny you said that because um, I always had that month counter going. You know, like how long has it been since, yeah. since we played? But anyway, so Above the Sun Music, you know, check us out. Um, looking forward to sharing new, yeah. new, new stuff with, with, with you all. Um, and even yeah. on your personals, you pre, you put some information about any open mics or shows you're doing as well, right? At Matthew Baruch. Where else can we find? Uh, M Baruch. Is gotcha, my, gotcha. It's a per, it's a private account. I don't really like do too much with music either. Maybe I don't know. I've been toying actually with the, I mm-hmm. with the idea of like opening that opening that up and t- doing more like solo music videos and stuff. Maybe I will. You know, maybe you might have inspired me to do. Oh, it. Maybe nice. I'm gonna. I yeah, definitely want to. Right? I definitely want to do more stuff like that. Um, like solo as well, like mm-hmm. in in tandem. Like I want to do. I want to do it all. I want to do everything. I got you. Yeah. So. So yeah, so good, nice, good nice. mentioning. Yeah. Any last things you want to mention for promo? Um, where can we let's find? Let's see. You? Just wanna. Oh, for promo, that's yeah. about it. You know, just go to Spotify, look us up. Apple Music, if you have Apple Music, we're on there. Or if you use Google Play <laughs> or Title, I think we're on Title. There we too. go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, just you know, give us a listen. You know, and really, uh, if I would say one thing, pay attention to the lyrics. I'm really proud of them. You know, and and I think I think. Uh, I hope they give you something valuable that you can take with you. Um, and just last thing, just shout out to my great parents, Keith and Janet, my wonderful girlfriend, Kate, who I love very much. I'd have to, I have to mention her. Yeah, mention her. Um, yeah. And uh, just shout out to all the guys in Above the Sun, and may we keep growing together. Awesome. To growth, to 2022 and beyond. Matthew, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Miltrick Media, talking about influences, your solo career, as well as Above the Sun, the band, and what is next to come. Thank you for all for tuning in. We will see you soon on another episode of Miltrick Media.